Does everything have a bright side to it? Of course. It doesn't always outweigh the negatives, but everything has a bright side to it. This makes happiness a choice. And here we say that the discipline of being happy is the ultimate discipline. With that said, welcome to the Ultimate Discipline Podcast, where we meet with people who are practitioners of this exact discipline, and we hear their cool stories of cultivating happiness through challenges in their life. I am your host, Sean Greenspan. Let's get to it. What is going on, guys? I have Sean Lake here, one of the founders of Bubs Naturals. I've been really stoked about this call because um, I actually, I, I like our working relationship, relationship, Sean, because I came across Bubs MCT oil, like before I came, you know, I started working with you guys. And I love when it happens like that. I was like, cool. I found a product I like. I don't take a lot of supplements. We could dive into that later. It's one of the two supplements I take every day. Um, and then like being able to work with you guys, like, was just cool. Right. And then, you know, kind of hearing your story, hearing, you know, how much you guys do give back, um, how, you know, a little bit of the, the details behind the brand that we're going to get to is awesome. Um, so really excited to like get some time to get to know you more and share your story. And from what I do know about it, it is pretty damn cool. So thank you for coming on. And I'd love for you to give a little bit of a background about yourself pre bubs naturals. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, Thanks for having me on. And yes, this conversation is long overdue because when you and I get to know each other through marketing meetings and social media discussions, you get little glimpses of what's going on. Like I've learned more about your work background and kind of what gets you fired up. And I think to work successfully with any other brand or client or in anything you do in life, you want to feel that fire. And we feel that fire here every day, but sometimes sharing that can get lost in translation. So I'm, I'm stoked to have you guys on board. I feel like, you know, from a social media and a communication standpoint, we're in the best hands we've been in in a long time. So hats off on that one. Um, my background. Um, well, let's go with uh, unconventional is probably the best way to put it. Um, I grew up in a little town in Massachusetts. And I was always kind of that classic middle child of older brother, younger sister, sandwich in the middle, trying to get attention, trying to please everyone. Yet I had the rebel streak in me. Like it was in the 80s. Uh, I'm a little bit older than you are. And growing up in the 80s was like I discovered skateboarding. It was in Massachusetts and, it, you know, not the easiest place to be like have it be snowing half the year and, you know, some hard winters and you're just like living to get outdoors and do this sport that almost no one was doing. There was like six skateboarders in my high school. And then, you know, I grew up skiing in the winters and that turned into during my high school years, this discovery of this brand new sport called snowboarding. So while I'm in high school and I'm supposed to be applying to college and getting ready for those next chapters in my life, all I can dream about is getting sideways on a skateboard or a snowboard and I always just gravitated towards individual sports, uh, swimming track over say football or basketball or, or, you know, some of those bigger ones. I always enjoyed individual effort. And I think part of that was cause I was a little bit of a misfit growing up, like didn't quite fit into all the social cliques. Um, and when I did the cliques that I fell into were kind of those guys that were also, you know, playing hacky sack and just were, we're just march into a slightly different drum beat and back then you know you stood out in the way that you were like you were doing things differently you're listening to punk rock music you're listening to you know alt rock and the stuff that's so common now and it's all a big melting pot just wasn't like that back then so it really you know stood out a lot and you really find your identity during those years and that you know those are your shaping years your teenage years um i went to college because i was supposed to and after my freshman year, I just knew I was not applying myself. You know, I was just, I was one foot out the door at all times because I was just dreaming about this other life of adventure. And my best buddy during high school is this guy, Glenn Doherty. And Glenn and I were wired the exact same. He had an older brother. He had a younger sister. He was thinking about adventure. So we started talking that summer. And he'd gone off to school as well. And we're both just like, we 
should drop out of college and go become professional athletes. Like, yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. And he's like, he was a great skier. So he's like, I want to become a pro skier. I want to do what Glenn Plake does and like Scott Schmidt and like all these hotshot skiers. And I was like, yeah, I want to go become a professional snowboarder. I want to do what Andy Hetzel and Sean Palmer do. And like these Craig Kelly, like these huge names that I idolized and looked up to. And, um, that was it. Like he hatched a plan. We were going to go to the mountains. We ended up settling on snowbird in Utah, take a year off of college and just see what happens. And that turned into five years of chasing the snow and chasing these dreams. And all of our friends graduated from college. Cause keep in mind, like, you know, Massachusetts, right? It's pretty buttoned up. You go to college, you get your degree, you get a job, you get married, you have kids. Like, you know, you, you follow the protocol. You do the thing. And then you got the two black sheep that are over and you know, going like, well, we kind of see things a little differently. So Glenn and I, you know, shipped out to Utah. We actually moved there with my older brother. He took a semester off of college or, you know, that, that block of time. He went back to school and, and you know, followed the, the protocol. But Glenn and I, we had that adventure itch. So that led to endless adventures for those years during which I got really lucky. Um, and, and, you know, followed my dream and ended up getting some endorsements for snowboarding and started getting paid. So by the time I was 24, turning 25, I was living the dream. I was like, dude, I'm a professional snowboarder. I get paid like $500 a month. This is awesome. And keep in mind back then, I felt like that was hot shit. It, it wasn't like today's standards of six figure salaries. I think my best year in snowboarding was probably like, you know, 20 grand. And I was like, this is amazing. I'm so rich. Um, and then Glenn was just trying to carve it out as a skier and like just make his impact. But that was in the 1990s and it wasn't easy being a skier. So he ends up coming to me one day and he's like, you know, if I haven't made it as a pro skier by the time I turn 25, I want to join the Navy and become a Navy SEAL. I'm like, what? So my best buddy we go through that whole next year and he ends up joining the Navy, taking off to basic training, going through buds and becoming a Navy SEAL. So I literally drove him to the Navy recruiter, watched him sign his life away, took off to basic. A year later, I'm going to his buds graduation with a bunch of ski bums. Like we're all showing up down in Coronado on the grinder with, you know, disheveled hair and a bunch of punk rockers. And there's Glenn you know, getting pinned up there, like, you know, looking at us, like shaking his head, like, oh man. And I was really excited during that chapter for myself because I was getting paid to snowboard. I could travel the world. I was having those adventures that I had sought going to Alaska, going to Europe, going to New Zealand, like these amazing places that I would never have gone if I just went to college. They just, you know, the, those opportunities wouldn't have been there. So it was really cool. And then my best buddy, is in the Navy, becomes a SEAL. Like it's just, it's a really interesting dynamic because every time he was home in between jobs, he'd fly out to Utah and go skiing with us. And we'd be like, what's it like, man? That's crazy. Um, and then I would, you know, I kind of looked at life at the same time. I said, you know, I can't do this forever. I should go back to school and get my degree. So I carved out a little path for myself to go to the University of Utah summer semester, fall semester, use my money from snowboarding to pay for school. Uh, newsflash, anyone young out there that has a dream of doing things that kind of buck the system, parents don't usually pay for college on round two. You might be on your own. So be warned that you're on your own. Um, and yeah, I end up wrapping up my snowboarding, you know, kind of career life, if you will, um, turning 30, got my degree and then my best buddy's living down in Coronado in San Diego. And I end up getting recruited out of college by Burton Snowboards, which is like the biggest snowboard brand to work with a young kid named Sean White. And like, oh, we need you to move to Encinitas, California, uh, near Carlsbad. And you're going to work with Sean and the other professional snowboarders that are all based in San Diego. And that's going to be what you do. And the job offer was like more money than I'd ever made ever in my life, like by like three X. I was like, oh my God, like I can't say no to this. So I literally packed up my bags and I didn't think I would ever work in snowboarding. I thought I was going to join the state department and I was going to become, you know, work in civil service. I thought I was going to work in government. 
I got a degree in political science. I was always fascinated by government and how that works. And next thing you know, I am Sean's team manager and we're, you know, rallying around between X games and the U S open and all the snowboarding events. And, and it was an awesome shift. And that led me into a career in the action sports industry, which I spent a decade um, working with DC shoes. I was their director of marketing for six years. Um, I launched their whole snowboard program, which was a, you know, very passionate project to be involved in. Um, the guy who hired me was a legend in action sports named Ken Block. Um, he's probably more famous now as a race car driver. Um, and for the legacy that he left behind with his Jim Connor videos, if you, if you ever just Google Jim Connor, um, Ken, I learned so much from him over the time I worked with him. So I've always had these amazing mentors and inspirational people around me. Glenn, very notably through huge chapters of my life. Ken, for the time I worked with him. Um, Eric Koch, guys at Burton Snowboards. Like, I, you know, you just, you got to learn through every chapter that you're in. And I was really fortunate in life to be surrounded by some, some, some good iron sharpening some iron. So grateful for that. And it brought me to San Diego where my best buddy was. So it was like, we got the band back together. So, um, I dropped anchor in San Diego, you know, that was back in Oh two. I've been here ever since. Um, it's a great place to call home. I kind of traded the mountain lifestyle for a surf lifestyle. So I still had that connection to nature, which is super important to me. It's, it's very important to our brand. Um, and I, you know, that was something that was essential with Glenn too. It was like, Hey man, we do the things we do to get outside and, and have a great time. And that's always been central in my life. So yeah, man. I, you know, worked in action sports forever. Um, I jumped into a consulting agency after my time at DC had wrapped up and along the way just met so many great people from, you know, just being around the X games for, you know, almost a decade and all those legends of action sports. And then I started working with Converse shoes. Um, and eventually that led me down, a, you know, a very different path because in the fall of 2012 on nine 11, um, you might remember the terrorist attacks of Benghazi on 9-11 um, in Libya. Uh, my best buddy died. And all of a sudden, like my buddy Glenn, who was like my roommate, he was, you know, the, my, my absolute, you know, just, just brother in life's adventures, um, was killed saving all those Americans over in Benghazi, Libya. So if you ever saw the movie 13 Hours, you know a little bit about his journey and I was Glenn's listed next of kin on his military paperwork. I was Glenn's um, executor of his estate. So we kind of had this joking rule internally. Like we're like, hey man, you get to take care of all my crap if I die. And I was like, yeah, well you get all my crap. And we signed ourselves, you, know, you get, you know, whoever. We were both like laughing because like, hey, we're immortal, we'll never die. Um, and then he did. So, it was a very public event. We're talking like national news stations showing up at my doorstep. Um, you know, President Obama, Hillary Clinton, all talking about it. And it was an absolute whirlwind. And it sent my life in a very different direction from what had been a fairly carefree lifestyle into something that was more about legacy. And it was more about concepts like paying it forward. And keeping Glenn's memory alive, like this guy that stood for so many good things that we wanted to celebrate, um, his family, his friends, myself. And I was kind of put in a role to be the centerpiece of that. So that was, you know, the fall of 2012, um, Glenn's sister, myself, a couple of high school friends started the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation to help special operators transition from active duty to civilian life. That was like early 2013. Um, and I had a whole set of adventures, I would say, and kind of life lessons around Glenn's relationship with the central intelligence agency. So kind of backfilling that in the reason Glenn was in Libya was he was doing security work for the CIA. He was in a branch called the GRS, which was, um, basically in charge of security for a lot of the CIA intelligence officers and, um, he responded to the terror attacks to save all those Americans that were down in Benghazi. So he flew down from Tripoli to Benghazi to save everyone. Um, and there was a whole set of 
you know, issues with the postmortem of that and Glenn's paperwork and, and all that stuff. And then a few years goes by and there's a movie called 13 hours that comes out and it's a Michael Bay movie and it's explosions and it's, you know, all this action and adventure. And one of the central themes in there is that Tyrone Woods, the other Navy SEAL and Glenn um, get killed on that rooftop. And that was a pretty surreal experience to go through um, meeting Michael Bay after he makes the movie um, having a couple of choice words for him on, on how he could have respected Glenn's legacy a little bit better. Um, but that's, you know, just more of a personal aside. Uh, but I never thought in a million years I'd meet Michael Bay. So there's that. Um, and then, you know, that launched me into, um, a, a very unexpected journey into the nutrition space and the dietary supplement space. Man, I, uh, You've you've lived a couple lifetimes, man. You you, you really have, and uh, you would don't look at a day over uh, twenty with that good skin. It might be the collagen. No. <laughs> oh man, look at you buttered me up just, like that. Just get you get you going. Um, but s- seriously, I um I really appreciate you you diving into all that, and I'll tell you, um, something that I really respect from the Bubs team, which is obviously you know you and TJ at the helm, is that pay it forward mentality. And I'll tell you two separate um, occasions where before we started working, where this like lit up for me. Um, and the, the first was I got my first bag of MCT oil. Um, and I saw that would have been a couple of years ago, right? Years ago. <laughs> now this, this is actually a year and a half or two years ago. Not that long ago. Yeah, um, two years ago. Cool. That, that makes sense. And, and, and I see, 10% goes to charity. Yep. And um, so something you did, when I started this company, my, my, my super quick uh, version of your story was I, I came out of school. I, I, going into college, I was like, I, I just wanted to be a professional athlete, right? That didn't really look like the, the route. Um, I, I stuck it out. But my, my thought was like, I'm just going to take six classes a semester, graduate in two and a half or three years and just like, you know, get, get her over with, um, got a job in marketing and realized, Hey, I, I really do enjoy business and like creative concepts like around campaigns, but like, I don't like power tools. We're like taking product, we're taking metal from China and shipping it over here to build houses. Like, and all I wanted to do is go on the mountains. I would spend my time at work writing business plans about how I was going to take, um, fourth graders on backpacking trips into the woods and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm destroying the woods. Like, fuck this. I'm out. So I started a new company and um, it was to help fitness and wellness companies expand their impact on the world. And a requirement on our website was they had to have an environmental um, like uh, mission. Right. And so like back, like when I would, when I was the whole company and I was building my website, Googling how to like build the website, our like case studies wouldn't say, oh, we drove ROI up, blah, blah, blah. It was like for Ombra sunglasses, we helped them plant 250 trees in South America. Next case study, right? And like stuff like that. And it was cool. So when I saw this, I, ha- I was like, damn, like these guys really do uh, care. Like, ten- like you don't see 10% a lot. Um, yeah. Then well, there, the, There's the- a reason for that too. Part of it's out of naivety, um, which now we just, we drew our sword. So we're sticking with it. Um, we didn't realize how hard that actually is to do. Yeah. Um, but also like if you believe in something and you're fired up, kind of like what we talked about at the very beginning of talking here today, like it gets you motivated. I measure success by how much we can give. When I can write a check to protect our winners, right? That's an awesome environmental cause for the ski snowboard world around climate change and awareness. Like Glenn was a lifelong skier. I'm a lifelong snowboarder. I can feel so happy knowing that. And, and if you can help veteran causes along the way, you know, Glenn's foundation does real solid work. The honor foundation does real solid work for our veteran communities to be a part of that, to be energized is like, it's worth getting out of bed in the morning. It's worth, you know, dealing with all the crap that being a young company has to, to deal with along the way. Like every hurdle that you have is worth, jumping over it's worth climbing those mountains over because you just you feel that much better like your criteria for your client base 
companies you want to work with and help scale and grow has a direct impact or you know maybe an indirect impact on how they can follow their heart and their mission and their why that's freaking commendable yeah. you, you said it with the why right like um I actually have a buddy who's staying with us right now that got me motivated to run my first hundred mile ultra marathon. And, you know, there's all sorts of like training and stuff that goes into it. And one of the big things he said was, he's like, you better understand your why. Cause there's going to be a time you're on mile 85, your feet are bleeding, you're, you know, you're, you're blistering, like everything sucks. And like, you know, that is going to, if you don't have a good why, like that's going to beat you, you know, <laughs> you're, you, you'd be out, you'd be totally out. But if you have yeah. a good why, oh man. It's on like you well, got that, it. That's why. So I, so, I, so a, a little tangent here, but so I started the company with that vision, like any other company, you know, ups and downs for the first six months, 12 months. And it was kind of more like, Hey, that's a nice to have, but like, I just need to keep the lights on. Right. So I'm, I was taking anyone and I, and then I realized I would have clients that weren't completely aligned. Right. And I was out of integrity with myself. And even if these clients, there's one in particular in my brain that was three times bigger of a profit generator, not just revenue, like profit than anyone else. And like when I was working with them, I was trying to rush the work. And then there was this other client that like was paying me like peanuts, but like, dude, they were dialed in. I was friends with, with the owner, like, and I saw how much like she was putting into it. And it would be like Friday night and like, oh no guys, I can't hang. I got to like knock this project out. And I wasn't like, People are like, oh, damn, you have to work late. I was like, it's not really work. Like, you know, it's like, I'm just, you know, kind of doing It's funny. Thing. You, like, you're right. It doesn't feel like work sometimes, even when you're going through like a bunch of stuff. But like, how many people put their kids to bed? Maybe not appropriate for you because you don't have kids yet. But I've got two young kids, put them to bed. And like, I don't mind checking email afterwards. I'm very mindful of my time with them and try and separate the two. But like, dude, it's good to like, like when you're motivated and you're like, you wake up in the yeah. morning and you do whatever your morning ritual and routine is. And then you're like, you're fired up. I want to get after it. I want to go. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's a good feeling. Dude. And that's important. It, and it's, it's been until about two years ago that I, that I started really feeling that, you know, and just like, like excited to do it. And now we could go down a tangent. There's probably a fine line there with us being like psychologically addicted to work. Um, but that's probably a whole, other that, that would be an entire topic that my wife would like to unpack. Yeah. Um, and we'll and I'm just going to acknowledge it right now. But, you know, like the, the title of this podcast is, is the happiness discipline. And if your work, there's this thing that is going to consume eight hours a day or more, five plus days a week is a large part of your alert awake time. It really helps if you feel good about what you do or you're yeah. good at what you do, or you understand the ends that you're trying to achieve professionally, personally, and you can yeah. make peace with that. Cause you know, I've got a phenomenal brother-in-law and he doesn't love what he does in investment banking, but he knows that what he does provides really well for his family and that there's an end game with it. And that's what keeps him going to work and putting his best foot forward and, and charging it. And you have to find that, in your happiness and be disciplined about it. Um, I'm, I'm blessed in a lot of ways. Like I got to be a snowboarder, right? I, I loved what I did. It made me happy. Yeah. And even through all the injuries and trials and ups and downs, it was always worth it. And then I got to work in the industry side and see the mechanics behind what that's all about. And that was awesome. And it was educational. And I learned a ton and you know, it was very fulfilling. Now I get to celebrate my best friend's legacy and apply the best ethos that he lived by and apply it in our brand. I get to take this guy who stood for self-improvement above all. And I mean, fitness, reading books, education, and embody that through a product line. And this guy who always was helping others, literally Sean, he was the dude who would help you move your couch when no one else would help you and move all your furniture, which is the shittiest job anyone could ever do. He'd show up and do it. He'd give you a hard time about it, but he'd always be there. And you, you get the help you need. You get this person who's reliable, stable. They show up. 
So yeah. we wanted to embody all of that in the brand. So we give 10% of profits to charitable causes in Glenn's name, like veteran causes driving value because that's what was important to Glenn. And the integrity and quality of our product line had to match that. That's why you see things like our NSF for sport logo across, you know, all of our hydration products, all of the collagen line. That's why you see the whole 30 approved partnership on collagen and the creamer line and our electrolytes. Like I want these validation marks that are really hard to come by that you can't just buy your way into with integrity to showcase that quality to a customer base that is meant to exemplify who Bub was, who Glenn was. And getting to do that every day is it's worth lacing up the shoes every time. <laughs> that's so I get cool, fired man. up right I, now just thinking about it. Dude, that that's living, right? It's like, you know, that's uh it, it's um it's a uh, I, I love things that that feel good and are good for business, right? Because like we all wear different hats and like you and me both have this like passionate like side towards life that we're talking about. We're both like businessmen and like what you're, what you're talking about. It's like, Hey, like I'm literally stoked to like, go, go make this happen. Go make better products. Like, you know, like actually not just like market, you know, sales market, like the mission behind it. And like, you know, you're building like a community. Um, and even yeah. if it's, uh, you, you really are building a community of people and, um, you know, that, that's, that's super, super cool. Um, and it takes time. It, it doesn't happen, you know, overnight. It's not like, oh, we got $10 million in seed round and we're going to run a bunch of Facebook ads and we're going to blow up overnight. And then this is the long game. The long game is be consistent with your quality. Be consistent with what product you're putting out there, what messaging you have. It's, it's all long game stuff. It does, you know, it's not built overnight with some like flash in the pan, you know, Instagram influencer. It's built by making sure that the contents, like what I have in here, this stuff right here has to deliver every time you need to have the results. I need to solve your problems your hair problems, your skin problems, your joint problems, your muscle problems, whatever problems you're experiencing, I need to address those really well. And the quality of the product, the integrity of the product has to do that. And if you can deliver on that as a foundation, you're authentically putting the best product out there, third-party tested, validated, great flavor profile, amazing solubility, all the, all the check marks okay, cool. Now let's go build the brand. Let's talk to people about who Glenn was, who Bub was, why he's important and why you can make a difference in the quality of your own life and helping others along the way. I mean, that's, that juice is worth the squeeze. Oh yeah, man. Um, let, let me, let me bring it down to a tactical level for a second because, um, I'm, I'm getting a little obsessed with reading labels on, on, anything with a label and <laughs> anything with the label trying to eat stuff labels. that doesn't have a label. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. I'm just trying to eat stuff that doesn't always have a label on it. But, um, you know, it seems like, like every company is cutting corners, right? Um, I, I'm happy. I'm really happy to say like, I, I wouldn't just say this, but like, I really don't think you guys are like, I wouldn't take it just cause we're working together. I'm not going to put something in my body. Um, you guys are the collagen I use. You guys are the MCTO I use and the electrolytes. Um, what, like, like, tell me a little bit about that process. I think like, I don't think a lot of people know what sourcing's like and like, yeah. tell me a little bit about that process and maybe why it, it is <laughs> so hard to avoid certain things. Yeah. I, I mean, let's talk about collagen as a first example. We'll jump to some of the other products and, and I think this is super important for anyone that's going to push, you know, purchase on Amazon grab something off a store shelf at you know, Whole Foods, Sprouts, or Ralph's, or wherever you're getting your groceries from, what's on that label? And, and then what's in the actual product? So for us, when we got started, I went out, like, let's start with why we started the brand. I had a transformative experience taking collagen. It absolutely changed my life. Like, I'm 52 years old. I was 44 turning 45. I had a one-year-old son at the time and I was busted. We're talking 
snowboarding, mountain biking, surfing, skateboarding, all the action sports, impact sports, over a decade of CrossFit, and you know how that'll provide some wear and tear, a lot of running, and just getting out of bed, going through the motions, everything was starting to really hurt. So here I am, like right, right on the cusp, I'm turning 45, and I'm achy as all hell, but I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to live with pain. I'm going to live with discomfort. My wife comes home from work one day, and, and Heather, my wife, uh, she's a newscaster, works for Fox here in San Diego, and is always got her finger on the pulse on good nutrition habits, good eating habits, good just things happening culturally. I'm, I'm very blessed to have her in my life because she will always keep me posted on the latest Taylor Swift you know, happenings. So I'm, I'm up to speed. And she comes home one day, and she's got a jar of collagen. And she's like, I read about this on a blog. It was on some, you know, some feed and you got to take this stuff. And I'm like, why? Like collagen? What the heck's this stuff? And she says, it's going to affect your achy knees. Like you sound like wrinkled up newspaper when you climb up a flight of stairs. Take this, take it every day. That's what the you know article said and see what it does for you. And here I am eating clean. You know, we got a young kid, like we're not going out. We're not doing a bunch of stuff. I have one data point to add into my life, this white powder called collagen. So I put a scoop in my coffee in the morning because that's what she told me to do. And I take it. And then the next day and the next day and the next day, about three weeks goes by. And for the first time in my life, taking all these different supplements that I tried over the years, branch chain aminos, creatine, whey protein, I actually physically noticed a difference my fingernails were growing. And as a dude, you notice that because I'm like, where are the nail clippers? And about a week or so later, I needed a haircut. And Sean, I'm looking at the jar and I'm like, oh, it says right on there, hair, skin, nails. And it also said joint health. So that's why I was keeping in. But I'm like, if my fingernails are growing and my hair is growing, I need a haircut. And I just got a haircut. Something's happening here. So I bought another jar and two months in, I'm like almost eight weeks in on this. I'll never forget. I get out of bed. I'm moving around the house, doing all our stuff. We had to fly to Boston. So we got a one-year-old kid and all the crap that comes along with carting a one-year-old kid across the country. Yeah. Get on the airplane, fly for five and a half hours to Boston. We get off the airplane. I'm grabbing the backpacks and the things and all this. And we're marching down Logan Airport in Boston. And I turn to Heather and I say, Oh my God, I feel great. And she's like, Oh, that's nice, dear. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like, <laughs> I feel awesome. Like, what is in that stuff you you had me take? Like, what is in this? She's like, the collagen? And I'm like, I, I need more of it. And and that yeah. was it. Like, I knew that that was the thing. My joints felt great. I got up off an airplane. I'm six foot two. We're sitting in the back of the plane and I didn't have to like massage my knees or take some time or stretch. I like jumped up and went and like, I feel great. That is transformative. I mean, in every sense of the word, like I thought because I had a couple years of data under my belt that my life was going to hurt more and more and more as I kept going. And that was just it. That was just what I was meant to go through. And all of a sudden I had this cow powder, this collagen powder that told me otherwise. So I became obsessed with learning more about it. What are these amino acids that are in it? What do they do for the body? And, and I didn't know a lot. I just knew enough to know that I was going to keep taking it. And I would tell everyone I knew, especially in my age group, I was like, hey man, you're over the age of 25, you yeah. need collagen. And I read more and more about it. This is in, you know, it's 2017. So it was early in its popularity curve. Like it was just kicking up. A couple months later, my business partner, TJ, who you, you know, you met a bunch of times, comes over to the house. He's got 15 years of e-commerce background behind him. And he looks at me and he says, we're working, you know, we're pitching a work project. He looks at me and he's like, oh, you take collagen? Like he sees the jar on the counter. And I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, oh, we should start a company. That's a fast growing product on Amazon. Like I, I'm seeing the trend analysis. And I'm like, dude, I got a one-year-old behind me. You're crazy. And so I'm like, but what would a company look like? Like we're sitting here talking yeah. shop. Like let's talk shop. So inside of like a two-minute conversation, 
we look at each other and we're like, well, what would a company look like? What would a brand look like to you? And we both looked at each other at the exact same time. We said, well, if we ever did start a company, we'd have to do something cool for charity. That was it. Opening line. Light bulb goes off in my head and I go, hey, man, I know the charity. It's got to be Glenn's charity. And Glenn's call sign in the Navy was Bub. So we'll name the company Bub's Naturals as a tribute to Glenn and his way of life. This guy that stood for self-improvement and he was always helping others. And that was it, man. It was like lightning in a bottle. I called Glenn's teammates and the teams, you know, in SEALs. I was like, hey, you know, Mikey, Clint, Shane, what do you guys think of this? Is this a crazy idea? And they were all like, Glenn would kick your ass if you didn't do this. You got to do it. And that was it, man. So we, we launched out. So now back to the labels, back to the product. Yeah. I wasn't going to put anything in a jar that didn't represent who Glenn was and what he stands for and what he stood for. So it was all about quality and integrity. So I set out on this path, bought every single brand I could off of Amazon, bought, you know, like everything I could get my hands on. And I lined up all these glasses of water, like just tap water. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to pour collagen in each of these. And I'm going to figure out which brand has the best product. And I just went up and down me, my wife, my friends, like I made everyone do it and settled on what we thought was the best that we could get. Now, it's not like I'm going to call this company up and figure out how they make their collagen. That was just like a, a starting point. And then I had to learn the back end of the industry. And I ended up talking to like everybody that I know. And I ended up having one friend, a guy named Tim Infant, who I'll forever be grateful for, for giving me one simple tip. Oh, you got to go to this, you know, the supplier trade show that happens. And it just happened to be a few weeks from when I talked to him. And you just go in there and walk the show and you're going to get this guide and you're going to, it's all broken up by which product categories and go shopping, man, just go hunt. And so I walked this trade show. And I mean, all the suppliers of every vitamin, every nutrition supplement, every probiotic, every fish oil, anything you get <laughs> in your natural food section, we're all at this trade show. And not the brands, the suppliers. The supplier. So I went around and I met with all these different collagen suppliers. And I sniffed them out. I would like go up to one. I'd be like, give me a sample. And I'd stick my nose and I could smell the cow hide. And I'm like, nope, you're out. On to the next one. Nope, you're out. And then on one of them, I'll never forget, I literally had a bottle of water. And I like poured the collagen into a bottle of water just to see how it would dissipate and dissolve into the water. And it was a clumpy, lumpy block. And I'm like, you're out. And I'm on my way out of the show. And I'm literally walking out and I see one last supplier. I, I didn't even know they were a collagen supplier. Just the, tr the booth kind of impressed me. And they had a little light on it from the state of Massachusetts, like a little map. And I was like, oh yeah. my God, people from Massachusetts are here. I'm going to go yeah. walk up and say hi to them. Like, I'm just jabby jabby. TJ is like, dude, let's go. Like, we've been on our feet for 12 hours. Like, let's get the hell out of here. And I go up and I chat this group up and I'm like, oh my God, what do you guys make? And they're like, well, we're, we're a gelatin collagen company. Like we work in cow products. I'm like, wait, what? Uh, well, you guys had this sign from Massachusetts. And they're like, oh, that's where one of our gelatin plants is. And I'm like, no way. Small talk leads to, do you guys make collagen peptides? Yes. What's your quality like? Oh, you're going to love our quality. And our conversation turned to samples. Samples turned to R&D. And next thing you know, we have the best collagen you can get on the planet. And I put my reputation on that one. I mean, it's a somewhat of a subjective statement, but amino acid profile, flavor, solubility, the things that matter if you're going to use a product, does it taste good? Or if it's unflavored, does it taste like nothing? And does it work? Like, is it going to clump up? Because if it clumps, you're not going to use it again. You'll buy it once and you're going to walk away and be like, I'm done with this. But if it really does its job, good amino acid profile, and it's easy to use performance, you're going to use it, man. And that was it. Like we have been with the same supplier since day one and it's been awesome. And I like saying things like sustainably sourced now for collagen. That means 
Are we sourcing from the Amazon rainforest? No. We're sourced from northern Uruguay and southern Brazil. Like we're a thousand plus miles away from what I would consider to be a major environmental disaster. And I don't want any part of that. I love doing business with Brazil. I love doing business with, you know, with that part of the world because that's where the cattle industry is, is centralized. Um, but I don't want to be in, in a troubled zone if I can help it. So we're really happy about that. That's just, that just takes a good kind of personal brand box and the quality's there and that's it. And then once we knew we had the quality, I knew that customers weren't going to just take my word for it. Hey, I'm the guy who like runs this company. I wanted to go out for third-party accreditation. Enter chasing down the whole 30 approved group and chasing after NSF for sport, which isn't a chase. NSF for sport's a nonprofit. You submit your product for certification and it's a pass or fail scenario. You either have the integrity and quality and label claims and can make them or you can't. And that's where I think our industry is really murky. There's not a lot of brands that are willing to put their reputation on the line with accredited third-party testing. And NSF for sport is the highest standard that you can get. And it's a standard that's used by the U.S. Olympic team, Major League Baseball, the National Football League, like all the sports stuff. But all it really boils down to for, from a consumer standpoint is, is this clean label? Is there a bunch of crap in there? And if you see NSF for sport on there, the answer is no, you're good to go. Yeah. So I get, I get all fired up about that too. You do. I, I, you, you have, uh, you get these like visceral, visceral sensations that you're very, uh, your, your memory is very like photographic. Like I see you like walking through this experience, but it's because it's awesome, man. It's like, you know, um, I, I'll, I'll tell you like a little metaphor of a story and tell me if you kind of like get it, but, um, you know, we're recording this on what Jan 12th new year. Everyone's got their new year goals. Uh, and one of my new year goals is, um, I'm going to be, I'm going to write and publish a book called the happiness discipline this year. And nice. I called one of my friends who is, you know, kind of a big time influencer. We are just talking about actually planning like a uh, ultra marathon together. And he's like, Oh dude, what, what's your goal this year? I said, write and publish a book. He said, get out of here. Me too. I said, yeah. I said, I said, why do you want to do it? And he goes, he goes, I want to give people a deeper understanding about myself. And what's cool is I have these eight stories and I'm just going to do like 10 minute voice notes on each one, send it to a ghostwriter and the book's going to be written in like a month. And I was like, cool. That's one way to do it. No harm, no foul. And then he was like, what do you mean? Like, why are you writing the book? I was like, I'm writing the book because I want to write a book. You know what I mean? Like, like, like you built this business. You know, you could have just been like, hey, like, let me just see your, your cost, your unit, like pricing, like your delivery, your lead time, um, all that stuff, and just like knocked it out. And hey, maybe you would make 10% more and cool. But like by you, like taking all that time to like dive in and like really, like you, you just created a memory. Again, that's where like you have a sustainable advantage over anyone else being in college because that wasn't work to you. The whole time you're like, I need to serve Glenn. I need to serve Bob, right? Like by getting the best product and in doing so, you also create this amazing memory. And I, and the reason like this gets me fired up is like the happiness discipline, right? It's all about working on yourself and building a set of disciplines. So you're manufacturing consistent high levels of energy and optimism, which to me is how I define happiness. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, oh, like, dude, you're always like, when I say people, I'll just, I'll call it out. Family members are always like, dude, you're always like working on your, like yourself. Like, why don't you ever like chill? I'm like, dude, like this isn't, this isn't work. Like they look like when I say like, oh, I'm going to go take 20 minutes and journal, kind of reflect on like the last week. Like, oh, you just worked a long day. Like, why are you doing that? And I was like, what does one have to do with the other, you know? Um, and, you know, that's what my, my goal from this, you know, podcast and your story just lined it up so freaking well was I just want people to reframe their outlook on a lot of things in life to like what is work and what isn't work. Because yeah. calling something calling something work, like, I don't know, like, I don't know what the definition of it is, but I almost feel like calling something work, like, has like, an inevitable negative 
connotation to it. Like, again, like, yeah, there's only- I'll give you a juxtapose on that. Relationships are work. Yeah. They're not always easy. It doesn't always just flow. But the work is worth it. The work can be painful, but the outcome is is meant to be beautiful. It's meant to be something that you can look back on and, and enjoy. So I hear you. Um, and, and I agree with you. I, I guess I, I do look at it and say, well, you know, relationships are work. Kids are yeah. work. Um, sure. But it's the right kind of work. There's a right kind of satisfaction and, and bucket filling that comes from that. And I mean, you know it because you have, there are some days and, and in anything where you just want to hit your head against a wall, but you know, it's worth it to get up the next day and do it again. And that's, you know, personal, professional, you know, so I, I think again, kind of happiness discipline that reframing work as something that, you know, is not just necessary, but fulfilling. Yeah. And uh, that that's genetic to me. Like that's biological. Like if and you told me I was never going to have to work another day in my life, like, Oh, you're independently wealthy. You never have to work another day in your life. I'd be cool. What am I going to go work on next? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, it, it's, it's funny. Um, well, I, I just Googled the definition of work. There's two. And it's funny because I agree with the first, not the second one, an activity involving mental or physical effort done in order to achieve a purpose or result. Get it. That's how I would define work. Yes. The second is a task a person has to do. That is like where, that is where I think, you know, it's like either don't call it work. Like that, that I just want to say like, um, that's like, that has to do as a negative connotation. So either cool, call like my work, like creating a business, right. Or, yeah. or just like take that out of there. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's super interesting. The, the reframe is, is I think one of the keys to life. And that's why, you know, building discipline to be able to keep that reframe top of mind. Every time you sit down in front of the laptop, yeah. every time you put your kids to bed and you already woke up at 4am to work out and you want to go, or you have to go check email, right? Like, it's a discipline. It's a, it's a muscle that we're building. Yep. Absolutely. That's a good way of framing it. And I mean, your motive, like your buddy's motivation for writing a book, he doesn't want to write a book. He wants to tell the story. That, that's a difference. You want to write a book. Like you want to take the time and put pen to pages and, and, and test your prose and, and, and see how you can craft your messaging. He wants to just take these stories in his head that are probably amazing and awesome and just get them out there, record it on audio, and then have someone else turn it into actual pages. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a totally different approach. Um, and depending where you are in life, you choose one or you choose the other. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I, again, I, I wouldn't judge. I would think, boy, like, would I ever think to write a book about my story? I mean, TJ tells me I should all the time. He's like, dude, you literally lived so many different lives. Like you got to talk about this. And I'm like, I'll talk about it. I'm willing to do that. Yeah. Taking yeah. the time to really go inward and write a book. I mean, I, I feel like I live in that space every day. I, I don't yeah. know if I think that's worthy, but I love it for you. And I think you have something to share. And I mean, your podcast and the stories that you're cultivating and the, and the dialogue that you, you create, is giving folks a good spark of inspiration. And I think that that's needed. And so seeing it in written form, I mean, you sold the copy over here, so that's easy. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I appreciate that. And um, even that's like a good, you know, like reframe right there of like, um, th there's actually, I have like two book ideas on like starting a business that I'm not passionate about, but I kind of just want to get out. That's something I would totally just like voice note, have something ghostwrite, like, go, like edit. You there know, you go. This is this is more. Um, I'm a physical person, right? It's funny. I am like, in, I'm not a materialist at all when it comes to buying things. But I realize I'm a materialist in that I live in a material world. Like the way I express myself is physically, and I'm trying to. I'm not trying to. I am progressing to go inwards more, and that's what this is like to to write. You know, 250 page book and edit yeah. it and like go through these stories is like a, a challenge and a creative endeavor 
that like I haven't really, you know, taken on. It's it's just going to like be a growth experiment for me. Um, so it'll be fun. And uh, by the way, I'm on TJ's side. You got to write a book, man. <laughs> we'll send right, this recording. We can revisit this one. Let's let's get through Q one of uh, of 2024. We'll we'll pick it back up as a dialogue. Yeah. Um, and, and yes, I, I understand. I, I do understand that there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, now, kind of jumping all the way back, just because we we mentioned it, sometimes that sourcing and integrity can also create something polarizing. And I've learned that in the food space that you are never going to make everybody happy. Um, and that's a really funny thing. So collagen, I, we've talked about, and I think we, we've locked that one up in terms of like what it does for you. You know, everybody should be on collagen. If you're over 25, you should be taking collagen every day, period, check, go. Um, I don't care what brand you take. I, I mean, I, I love it if it's ours and you feel connected to what we do, but just for your health, it should be a part of your daily routine. And there's so much research on why why your body doesn't have collagen as much in your 30s as your 20s and your 40s and your 50s and how it just goes down every year. You should read about that and learn about this glue holding your whole body together and how you need to have it in your system. Then you've got your favorite product, our creamer, the MCT oil powder. So real quick, for anyone who doesn't know, MCT stands for medium chain triglyceride. Essentially, that is coconut oil, not palm oil, bad for the environment, coconut oil broken down from a long chain fatty acid to a medium chain, smaller fatty acid, medium chain triglyceride. That smaller, more absorbable fatty acid, that, that, that MCT, breaks through the blood-brain barrier and your brain eats it for food. So think mental sharpness, mental focus. You're just a little bit more alert. And your body is using that healthy fat for energy. So you got energy for hours. There's gut health benefits. There's additional benefits behind it. But really just think about, I'm going to be a little bit smarter and I'm going to have a ton more energy by taking coconut oil broken into an MCT. So our approach on that was super simple. Most MCTs that I would find in oil form taste horrible. It just doesn't taste good. It, it's an oil slick. And most MCT oil powders, you take the oil and you just spray it into a powder. Cornstarch is commonly used. Acacia fiber is commonly used. They taste like S-H-I-T. They just taste bad. So flavor is super important. If you think people should use a healthy habit, you got to make it attainable. And flavor was key. So I'm like, well, what do I like in a creamer? Visually, I like it to look creamy. Well, acacia doesn't look creamy. It looks like dark brown mud. Uh, cornstarch looks horrible and it clumps. So we picked tapioca. It's cassava root. That's all it is, cassava root. Take cassava root, spray coconut oil onto it, and you've got a root vegetable, you know, little cassava root, and you've got coconuts. Combine two ingredients. That's it. And you've got MCT oil powder that is creamy, delicious, tastes good on the mouth, like it's satiating. It's full and you get all this, all these great energy benefits from it. So that was our approach there. Simplicity had to win with benefits. Like you got to win and it's got to taste great. Now, subjective things. We go into electrolytes after that. We're all fired up. We've talked to our customer base, our consumers, our Bub's family, and they tell us they really want us to make an electrolyte. And I'm like, well, what's the Bub's lens on electrolytes? It's got to be as natural as can be. So I had this little buzz rattling around in my head, this little phrase, electrolytes from nature. And I was like, okay, like there's brands out there like Liquid IV. They've got 14 grams of sugar per serving, like 15 different ingredients in there. And it tastes like an absolute nuclear fruit bomb. But it's about 950 milligrams of electrolytes in there. I'm like, okay, I know we can deliver twice the electrolytes with a third of the ingredients, half the sugar. How do we do it? Let's go. That's a tough ask. Let's go get after it. So we found a source for organic, USDA organic certified evaporated coconut water, Himalayan salt. 
You put those two ingredients together in the right ratio, you got 2,000 milligrams of electrolytes. You get potassium, chloride, sodium from two things ripped directly from nature. I was like, man, that's bubs. Like, that's us. That's it. Super simple. We added lemon oil and organic stevia as the flavor roundup and a little bit of magnesium in there because, you know, it's a nice roundup in the, in the electrolyte profile. I'm like, okay, we got literally six ingredients on a label. No added sugar. It's the right flavor. We, we all thought it was delicious. Ship this thing out to market. We love it. We get start getting feedback from people that love it. We named the product Hydrator Dye. I literally had so much fun with it. Like, here you go. You know, Bubs Naturals Hydrator Dye because, you know, we're, we're a fun brand. We're trying to have some fun with it. And it's a love-hate relationship. It's too salty for some people. They're like, oh, it tastes too salty. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, this is as clean and natural an electrolyte as you can get. Like, this is it. And um, you get sports performance folks that are like, they love it. They're like, this is exactly what we needed. There's no extra BS in it. The whole line is NSF for sports certified. Our coconut flavor is, get this, Whole30 approved, certified USDA organic, and NSF for sports certified. It's effectively an unflavored electrolyte coconut water. And it's been amazing to launch. And it's been amazing in a very different way to catch the polarizing feedback that comes from a product like that because people expect fruit bombs. They expect this flavor bomb. And I'm like, no, no, no. You're, this is about human performance. This is about clean ingredients and integrity. And I've learned a big lesson on that one. I'm like, okay, people want you to make it a lot sweeter. Yeah. You know, um, first of all, I, I really do take all those. And um, it's funny because naturally, right, I'm an athlete. So I'm like, yeah, sports performance, that's me. In reality, I'm not an athlete, right? I run a marketing company. I, I like to work out and do a lot of sports. Um, I think sometimes like people shouldn't be scared to like consider themselves like an athlete or like, you know, I feel like like take, take what you're doing seriously. Like I, I I'm really trying to, like I am a professional athlete because why not? Like it's our bodies that we're talking about. It's something that everyone should care about. Um, if you're going to show but, up, do the work. Yeah. The gym right. work, right? I'll call it work show up like you're going to be there you're going to go for a run it doesn't mean you got to run a 5k in pr but put one foot in front of the other and get the job done well why wouldn't you treat your body whether you're a casual you know i'm going to do a 30 minute less mills class at the ymca it doesn't matter like do that that's amazing that is awesome you don't have to be the intense podium finishing crossfit athlete to have a lens on nutrition Treat your body like what it is. Is it a temple or is it a tent? In my 20s, it was a tent. In my yeah. 50s, it's a temple. You know what I mean? Like just like shift your perspective and be like, why don't I put good nutrition in my body? Why don't I get whole foods in my system? Why don't I make good choices on what I'm ingesting so that I can feel really good about that in life? Be a pro athlete. Be a pro yeah. athlete in your head. Like treat yourself well, man. Love, love it. Right. And like, you know, the flavor profile thing is something interesting because I've been eating in, in, in treating yourself well, so you, you get rid of the highly palatable foods. And, you know, now like there's like a lot of stuff that I used to like eat or drink, like is so like sugary and flavorful. Like, dude, I can't even drink a Gatorade. Like it's like nauseating to drink to me. It's like, it's like, it literally just tastes like chemicals. Like as I'm like sipping up my body, like I, I haven't had one in maybe three years. And I remember the last one I was kind of like, like my body's just instantly just like, this isn't right. Like, you know what I mean? Like something yeah. like there's just too much concentration here. Um, and like my body like almost rejected it. Um, and in doing so, like when you really become like a little more in tune with the body, which I don't want to say I am, but I'm on that journey. What I've noticed with the electrolytes, like when I drink it, like, like I, I like feel it like into my arms, like into my body. And I just like, like there's just like higher level of energy and similar yeah. to the energy I get with the MCT oil, which is cool but because yeah. Different, right? Like, like different one yeah. is just like energy over time. 
that like you just sort of have it. it's like a baseline and then electrolytes especially around activity you're just like ready to go but not in yeah. a jittery way it's just like you're just well electrified <laughs> electrified that's what i was gonna say is not in a jittery way so um i uh like and a lot of people like when i tell them about mct oil energy they're like oh like coffee i'm like no that's like this like not that coffee's bad but it's like an art of fish not like it's you're like adding energy versus like you know like mct is just like it's like damn did i sleep good today or like why am i just sharp all day like yeah <laughs> um and then you know when i get like such a big feeling like that the first thing i did was like i'm going back to the ingredients because i i'm assuming there's something wrong and uh you know saw your ingredients and i was down and you know that's kind of why i stuck around as a on the customer side <laughs> yeah that's great i mean that's the best the best pr proof in the pudding right the best relationships are like this was built over time we were going to meet sooner or later because the fitness space the wellness space nutrition space like sooner or later we'd bump into each other but having you discover the brand in your own voyage of trying to treat your body better is the best proof and like it just sets the stage for something amazing so like yeah we're psyched and right. you know our approach it. on all of our product line and kind of our, our roadmap moving forward is is consistent just improve take in the lessons that life is offering you i got data from a lot of our customers on electrolytes cool i know that our collagen line is you know rock solid move it forward keep it going double down on the relationships with the best suppliers on the planet and you know treat your creamer like the heaven that it is because it's part of your daily ritual and it's, it's part of that beautiful routine and make that magic happen and lean into it so and I'm, we're psyched to have you guys as a partner on that journey because i i love knowing that we can take our voice and, and these these mottos and expressions that we have live better longer die young as late as possible great, do good like all that stuff and it's in good hands and you guys are going to find the right personalities out there that are going to share that that likeness and that message like goes way beyond like eric hinman is a great example of you know this dude in his 30 i'm sorry in his 40s now who is living it like he lives what he talks about and yeah. there's so many good people in our in our world that want to make those positive changes and can talk about it well and you know, it's, it's just cool. It's a cool partnership to have. So we're psyched to be here. Dude, I, I'm psyched to be here too. And I do feel like we can let this one go all day, but let's, let's wrap it up on uh, die young as late as possible. Cause that's uh actually, I got to tell you one thing. I was listening to a podcast that talked about um, age as this, like, you know, um, metaphor basically. And they said um, they view someone's physical age and mental age and the mental age is how frequently someone is talking about the future versus like the past. And for some reason, when I heard that, I started thinking about the die young um, as late as possible. Cause that's what I was thinking. It's like, you know, my uncle is, is this, my uncle is 65 and he's starting a new band. And he's like, dude, I think in the next three or two or three years, we could start touring. And I'm like, you're the coolest fucking person ever. Like, <laughs> like just the fact that you're thinking about this, you're like 10 X anyone else that's 65. And, you know, I get it. Then, Sean, one thing that I wrote down early that I just wanted to thank you for was that story I said in the beginning about, hey, there's two things that drew me to Bob. One was a 10%. I told that story because um, you, you talked about passing it down. The other was, and I'll keep this brief, was um, I first met with TJ. You know, I was talking with Lexi. We, we got, you know, to be friendly. And she's like, hey, TJ's in Denver. I was like, I'd love to take him out for lunch. You know, I get in this text thread with him. He goes, no, coffee. I got 15 minutes. I'm like, cool. We sit down four and a half hours later. I have, I've went through three journals of notes on just like everything he's talking about. And all it was him just like, Hey, I see someone else that's like in this marketing world has a passion for fitness, wellness, outdoors. And it was just him giving us value and energy. And on our first calls, I've got the same exact thing from you. So I just wanted to thank you and the whole the whole Bubs family because like I feel like you guys are like let's bring people in that 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 we like and like just pass like mentorship down to them. You talked about mentors that you had in your career at Burton and all over, um, and I I truly feel that way. And that's you know um, something I don't want to take advantage of from a time standpoint, but I do want to let you know that like I do look at you and TJ as like mentors in the health and wellness entrepreneurial space, and um, yeah, it, it does mean a lot. So I appreciate that. 
Thanks, man. That that means the world to me. And I mean, I, I I'll just thank you from TJ. He wouldn't do it if he didn't think you were worth investing the time in. Like that's key to us. Like it's key to us yeah. to know that the people we work with, where we want to put our energy is is worth it. And and hopefully there's that that's reciprocated that folks feel that they want to put our energy into into what we're doing. So thank you. That's awesome. Oh yeah, man. Thanks. Good. Have an amazing Friday. Hopefully you get out and surf or whatever you want to do this weekend. Um, and I'm excited for us to talk again soon. Nice. Likewise, you have an epic, epic weekend and uh, we'll catch up soon. Thanks. Hey, thank you for watching today's episode. If you got something out of this, it would mean so much if you could just take a second and give us a rating on whatever platform you're watching it on. And it would mean so much to the world if you could just find one person that you think this message resonates with and you could share that with them. Thank you so much for your support. Looking forward to share the next episode with you.